What happens when we start to veer? To wander? To allow our freedom to take us somewhere we didn't intend to go? Will we lose the road? Or is there a way to find it again? All right. High five three people and let them know you love them today. You got to do it. Come on. They're around. I'm high-fiving somebody online, wherever you are, listening through podcast. There we go. I'm hearing slaps of love. We just threw kisses to the Lord. Now we're slapping each other with love. I love it. I love it. This is awesome. There it is. There's love all around. I love it. Well, hey, so uh, as we get ready, uh, we, we, we glazed over it a little bit last week uh, to talk about it uh, with our EFAM Sunday uh, to set the groundwork for this new series that we're in called rumble strip. So no matter where you are, maybe you're on vacation or maybe you're getting ready for work or we had a slight discussion today, you might be getting ready to get in the school groove sooner than later. Somewhere along the road, you've probably hit a rumble strip, right? Right? And, and you know, those rumble strips are set up like they're really loud, like you, you heard it at the beginning of this, and what a rumble strip will do is it's an audible and physical warning that if you continue on the path you're on, danger is ahead. Normally you have it over on the side of the road if you're on the interstate or if you're in a two-lane road, it's in the middle or sometimes at a four-way stop or a school crossing, they'll have those and hopefully you pay attention to those, especially at school crossings with that coming up. But wherever you are in your life, sometimes we have rumble strips set up and we may be immune to listening to them. Like even in our walk with Jesus, can't we admit that we're that way? Like we have these rumble strips and sometimes it's kind of like that check engine light. You just put a piece of tape over it, right? Like it'll go away at some point. Like you get some gaff tape from church and you just slide that on there and you just hope that it goes away. Or you just uh, unplug the battery and let it rego and do its thing, right? But so many times in our walk with Jesus, believe it or not, he sets up rumble strips in our life to let us know that if we continue on the course we're on, we're headed for danger. It's not the lane that he created us to stay in. As a matter of fact, as we walk through that and we go through that, if we don't pay attention to the rumble strip in our life, we're probably headed toward destruction. Because if you go over that rumble strip on one lane of the road, you're probably going to run into the guardrail. If you cross the center line, you're probably going to hit something that's oncoming. And if you go through the stop sign, you're probably going to hurt someone else on the way. So as we're unpacking this series, that's what we're talking about are these rumble strips that are set up in our life, that are set up even by Jesus for us so that we can stay in the lane he created us to be in, but also so that we can enjoy it. Because I don't know about you, but hearing that just messes up my groove when I got my summer playlist on. Like, it just messes up what I'm trying to do. You know what I mean? Like, that's just it. And it's shaking me all over the place. Yeah, tough crowd. Anyway, I know that's how we do it, but that's how I feel sometimes. Uh, And (laughs) even with this surgery, I don't need to be shook in my car. You know what I mean? I need new shocks. I'm just saying. So if you got your Bible today, we're going to be hanging out, talking more about this rumble strip. Uh, We're going to be in Joshua 3 and Joshua 4. And if you know anything about me, if you've got to hang out with me for five minutes, my favorite leader in the Old Testament is Joshua. Like, 
by far my favorite leader is Joshua. And the reason that he is, is Joshua's an action leader. Joshua just did what God told him to do. He wasn't perfect at it, but when God told him to stay still, he stayed still. When God told him to go, he went. And so if you know anything about me, you know I'm going to be diving into Joshua anytime I talk about literally walking in obedience, walking through the rumble strips in our life. And so last week, to catch you up a little bit, we learned a little bit something new about Joshua that maybe you didn't know. Believe it or not, Joshua's Hebrew name is Yeshua. Yeshua, which, believe it or not, was Jesus' name in the New Testament. And it means deliverer. When Jesus walked around, they would have called him Yeshua. They wouldn't have called him Jesus. They would have called him Yeshua. So what ended up happening is Joshua's name was changed to Yoheshua, which means the Lord delivers. So anytime somebody says yo, they're calling to the Lord. Just know that in Hebrew word, yo. They're saying Lord. Uh, that's it, you know. So Yoheshua means the Lord delivers. And so last week we talked about Joshua as he's preparing Israel to be delivered into God's promise this week. As he's preparing for them, God kept, keeps telling him, be strong and courageous. So as we dive into Joshua 3, we're going to be talking about the crossover. So if you don't have a Bible, we have them free for the asking. Anytime you come hang out with us, we would love to give them to you. They're in the garden. But here's the other thing that I want to tell you. Not only are they free for the asking, but we're willing to walk with you through how to read it. Because it's one thing to have a book in your hands, but it's another thing to say, hey, I need help understanding this thing. Will you walk with me through it? We have folks who would love to do that. But maybe you like to do things digitally. And so what we do every week is we partner with the Bible app, and you can follow along with us uh, through the Bible app. And I want to show you how to do that. First and foremost, you need to download the Bible app from your favorite app store, whatever that might be. And then you're going to go ahead and open it up. Now, once you open it up, you're going to click on the More tab. Once you click on the More tab, you're going to click on the Events tab. Now, make sure your location services is on, and you're going to see the Vine TV worship experience. You're going to see today's message, the crossover. You're going to see all the scripture that we're going to walk through, a place where you can take notes, but once again, a place where we can connect with you throughout the week. Uh, so if you want to go ahead and get to your Bibles, to Joshua 3, believe it or not, over these next few weeks, we're just going to be diving into the Word of God. It's not going to be the patent three-point message that you're used to hearing more than likely. It's not going to be anything because here's what I want you to know over these next few weeks. I believe the Holy Spirit is calling you to take a next step. I don't know what that is. For every each and every one of us, it will be something different. But what I want you to do over these next few weeks is be seeking God for what your next step is, whatever it may be. It could be limitless, the next steps that God's calling you to take. So I'm just going to dive into the Word of God, and we're going to walk through the Word of God, and I'm going to trust that the Spirit's going to speak to you what that next step is. And it will let you know if you're not taking it correctly, because you'll run into that rumble strip. Okay? So if you've got your Bible, we're going to start with Joshua 3 today. And as we're talking about this thing called the crossover, can we admit that we're in an information consumption society? Like, we have information at our fingertips. You don't have to be an expert about anything, thanks, YouTubes, if you will. You don't have to be an expert at anything to know anything about it. You literally can type it in. And so as we're diving into this thing called the crossover today, I want you to examine yourself and something. Maybe you're like me, and I've been here in my walk. Because we live in such an information-consuming society, so many times before I go do something, I want to research everything I can about it. I want to find out as much information as I can so that I can be successful when I finally do it. But here's the thing I want to tell you. When you're following Jesus, his economy doesn't work that way. 
Believe it or not, so many times we can educate ourselves over our level of obedience in following Jesus. I know in my life, sometimes my information seeking can be a hindrance to me because I'll lay on that and I'll be lazy with that saying, well, God, I just need to know this one more thing before I take that step. God, I need to just know this one more thing before I do that. And maybe that's where you are today. And as we examine this thing called the crossover, that's what I want you to ask yourself is, am I trying to just keep seeking God's information? Or am I really taking that step of obedience he's calling me to take? Because it can be that simple. Maybe your simple step of obedience could simply just be saying hello to somebody you walk by today. I know that's nuts. But instead you may say, Lord, I don't know this person. They look kind of shady. I don't like their haircut. I think they have a tattoo. I'm not quite sure if I like them or not. And you just go for information after information. And now with a facial recognition software, you can probably find everything you want to about them, for real, for real. And you can just take a picture and you probably can find out all this information on them, right? But it doesn't do anything for you. So today, I want you to, yes, seek God for information if you need it. But don't let that be the hindrance in you doing the step of obedience he's called you to take. All right. So as we talk about this thing called the crossover, I just want to ask you this question because this is what we're going to answer. This is what we're going to answer today. <clears throat> Excuse me. Whew. This is what we're going to be answering today. Is are you passing by or are you crossing over? Are you passing by or are you crossing over? Now there's a complete difference there and we're going to discover the difference in this story as we talk about Joshua and all of Israel crossing over the Jordan River on dry land. That's something that you may not get to hear much, but there were actually two times that Israel walked on dry dry ground. The first one was in the Red Sea when it was split open and all of Israel was going out of Egypt. The second time was when this Jordan River was pulled open. So Joshua 3 verse 5 says this, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Now, don't let that scare you, consecrate. That's a churchy word we hear a lot. Sanctify is what we hear in the New Testament. Literally, the reason Joshua's telling them to consecrate themselves is he's saying, set yourself apart. Because Joshua's story is all of Israel's parents, all of these folks, this is their children, okay, all of the Israelite children, their parents walked out of Egypt on dry land in the, in the, from the Red Sea. And what ended up happening is God said, hey, I promised this land to Abraham. I'm going to give it to you. You just got to trust me to deliver you to it. But instead, they went and they said, all these people are giants. We're like little grasshoppers, not Kung Fu Panda grasshoppers, like grasshoppers. We're small. We can't defeat them. There's no way that we're going to win. And instead of operating in faith, they shrunk down in fear and they weren't delivered into God's promise. They got to see the promised land, but they didn't get to experience it. And so Joshua is saying, hey, your parents were supposed to do this, but now it's your turn to step into it, so you need to set yourself apart right now to operate in faith. Otherwise, you're going to be just like they are. You've got a river to cross to get there, and instead of experiencing it, you're going to shrink back in fear and not be anything, a part of the blessing, part of the miracle, part of the promise, part of everything that goes with having a relationship with God. And so he tells them, set yourself apart now, before we go. So he says, consecrate yourself for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priest, take up the ark of covenant and pass ahead, pass on ahead, excuse me, of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. 
Tell the priest who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of Jordan's, of Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. So, as we're reading this, I kind of, I think like I'm reading this, and I would probably be, if I was a priest right now, being like, okay, you just told me to step in faith. It's easy to follow God. I just got to go stand in the river. So I just got to stand, because you got to think, they're carrying the Ark of the Lord, like this heavy thing, and the Ark of the Lord represents the presence of God. And so they're saying, okay, I'm just going to walk into the river, you know, <laughs> I'm going to carry my thing, and I'm just going to stand in the water, get my little toesies wet, it's going to be good. <laughs> sunburn easy so you know it is what it is so I can only dip my feet in the water and that's all I got to do okay that's cool so I'll go ahead of the people and I will do that but you see where I'm not like the priest is I would just be like okay Joshua so let me find out like is this ark a flotation device like is there something going on that this about this ark that I don't know because I'm supposed to stand in the water and where my information seeking will cripple me is I would get to the edge of the water and be like okay that's all it was that's it. The water's cold. I hope you know. It's cold. It's enjoyable. If you want to go for a swim, go have some fun. But I'm just going to hold the ark here on the edge. And so what I want to point out to you as you're learning whether you're passing by or crossing over is God's called us to be like these priests. Just to follow him one step at a time. Be obedient. Go to the edge of the water. I wish I could say that I simply did that every time in my life. Because I would just want to know what's next. Is this a pontoon? Is this the party boat? Are we having a cookout? Like, are there fireworks involved? Like, are things happening? Like, what's happening here? Like, everything that goes on. And, and No, 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 just, Tyler, just go stand in the water. So they go and they stand in the water. And what I want you to know is if you're learning today, whether you're passing by or crossing over, is this. Know that God's works and great works of God, all the things that he's called you to, is always preceded by our knowing our great need for him, and knowing that his presence is with us. That's what Joshua is telling us. Consecrate yourself means, hey, set yourself aside in faith to know that you can't do this by yourself. You have a great need for God. And in the Ark of the, the Lord, the Ark of the Covenant separates God's presence here on earth at the time. And he says, here's what I want you to know. Whatever God's called you to, he's going to walk with you through it. You're not going to walk through it alone. How comforting is that to know that you're not going to walk through it alone? Because sometimes... I know God's with me, but he's tired of hearing my griping and moaning about it because he's there with me, and I'll get the frustrated, and I'll be like, God, I know you're with me, but I'm just not seeing this to the full extent of what you called it to, so what in the world is going on? Know that Israel felt that way too. Maybe you're there right now. Maybe relationships, maybe finances, maybe, maybe that thing God's called you to, that book God's called you to write, or, or those notes, or that blog, or, or that song God called you to write, or that song God called you to sing, joyfully, not like dogs, joyfully, whatever that is, whatever it is, maybe that's where you are, but I want to give you encouragement today to know that you know you need God to do this, and he's not going to leave you alone in it. So let's go on. What happens is God tells Joshua, now when these priests goes to the edge, we're going to pick up in verse 14 here in a second, when these priests go to the edge of this flood stage river, all the water is going to roll up just like it did at the Red Sea and everyone's going to walk across on dry land. Now, what I love about Joshua is he didn't question God about that. Now, once again, Tyler, his information-seeking would say, I need a sign. <laughs> I need something, Lord. Like, it's kind of like that hot and now sign at Krispy Kreme, right? Like, I need a sign, God. Like, you're telling me we're going to walk on dry land, and this river is at flood stage, and you're telling me that the children of Israel are going to walk across on dry land? 
okay, <laughs> thanks for letting me kill everyone and drown because I don't see anywhere in there that it says the Israelites could swim. Have you learned anywhere in the Old Testament the Israelites could swim? I don't see that it's mentioned there. They walked on dry land every time water came up. So would you like to be that guy as Joshua, the leader, leading people in like, they're all going to die, Lord. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, they're all going to die. This river's not going to roll up. But Joshua being who Joshua is is why I love following and, and learning from Joshua. As he just told the priest, all right, get ready, because this river's going to roll up. And that's when the priest calls in sick. That's when I would call in sick, right? But no, what ends up happening is verse 14 talks about when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during the harvest. So this river is flooded right now. Yet as soon as the priest who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, he got your Bible, circle this, highlight this, we're going to dive into verse 16 for a little bit. We're going to camp out there for just a moment. The water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan while the water was flowing down to the Sea of the Arabah. That is, the Dead Sea was completely cut off. So we're going to stop there for a second. So when they stepped in the water, the water was cut off all the way. Where was the place that it stopped at? The name of the city? A long distance away at a town called what? Adam. You think that's a coincidence? In the vicinity of Zarethan, the, while the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So let me tell you a little bit of something here. So the name Jordan in Hebrew means descend. Descend. So if your name is Jordan and you're in Hebrew, it means to descend. So Adam means mankind in Hebrew. Actually, you know, God didn't walk around. When he called him Adam, it means mankind. It means all of humankind. So it was cut off at Adam. Zarethan means their distress in Hebrew. And that is at the Dead Sea is where it was cut off. So hang in here with me. Here's where I'm going with this. In order for God's people to experience his promise of deliverance, he had to have something descend down to roll back all the way to Adam, the distress of the people, and stop them from certain death. If you can't see Jesus in the Old Testament, this is exactly who he is. This is why Joshua's name had to be changed because Jesus, that's what he did for us. He came down, he rolled back our sin all the way to Adam and our distress and the, paid the penalty of our sin, which was death for all of us. So here in the Old Testament right now, as we talk about obedience and we talk about walking in faith and we talk about learning whether we're passing by or crossing over, I just want you to see that if we have faith that Jesus is who he says he is, how in the world can we not follow him step by step? I get stuck there. Maybe you do too. But when I look at this, I see God is pointing to Jesus right here. And maybe wherever you are, it isn't that you haven't taken one step. It's that you're stuck in taking the next step. And so I want you to see even right here where God is just showing his faithfulness. So what it says here is it goes on in verse 16 to say, so the people crossed over opposite of Jericho. The priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord you got your Bible, highlight, do whatever, stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground. While all Israel passed by, 
until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. So I told you to circle in the middle, in the middle. You see, it didn't say that those priests just went across first and then told everybody else to figure it out, we're on the other side. It said that they had to stand in the middle. And wherever you are, the middle is the hardest place to be when you're taking steps of faith, isn't it? In the middle, believe it or not, is where the miracle really truly happens. Because in the middle, you're the same distance away from where you were as where you need to be and where you're called to be. So you have this moment where you can either turn back to where you were or you can go forward to be all you were created to be. And so what the priests were doing here is they stood in the middle to make a way for all of Israel to, dry, to pass over on dry ground. So the thing that I want to point out to you that maybe you may be stuck in is maybe you're in the middle of that step of faith God's called you to. It's tough. And you don't know if you can make it through. You're just like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> I'm just not seeing what you called me to do, God. Like, I'm here in the middle, but I want you to have faith that the one who called you to take the first step from the shore to get to the middle is the one who's going to bring you to the opposite shore. And I want you to celebrate like you're on the other side just as much as where you were at the beginning because in the middle, the miracle will happen. So many times in our life, we, we, we don't like the middle, do we? Because that's called the process. That's called the refining of our faith. When we get in the middle, we get frustrated because when we start something for God, fireworks, confetti, cannons, we're fired up. In the middle is like, here we go again. Like we get stuck, right? Like in the middle, it's like, oh, is God going to move today or not? Like what's going to happen? And then when we get to the end of the season we're in, as he's calling us into a new season of his promise, we're excited, and we talk about how great and faithful God was, and we talk about all the happy memories that we had while crossing over on dry ground. We see us in the middle that we make the decision to continue to operate in faith. And so maybe you're in, stuck in that, and I want you to continue on. If you're stuck there today, we're not going to read it, but go to Hebrews 11 and just read that whole chapter. It's the Faith Hall of Fame. Literally, it's, a, it's story after story after story of people who were stuck in the middle and continued to choose to move forward to all that God called them to instead of just giving up. Were they perfect? Shoot, no. They just followed obediently to do what God's called them to do. So maybe that's where you are today. Speaking of faith, one last thing before we move on is I had to explain to me this way, and, and, and this is something that might help you, is what kind of faith do you have? Because so many times in my life I have faith of a little plastic straw. Can we say that now? Those aren't outlawed in preaching yet, are they? Plastic straws? Okay, we're good. Plastic straw. You got plastic straw faith. But God's called you to grow your faith. He wants you to have like all pipeline faith. And believe it or not, that, that faith is the conduit to experience God's blessing. What I mean by that is the greater your faith is, the greater blessing, the greater miracle you get to be a part of, the greater you get to go across a flood stage river in the middle of it, and you get to see all these people cross from literally death to life, if you will, uh, cross over, but you've got to have the faith that that's going to happen. And so the question is today, maybe God's just asking you to take a step of faith to grow your faith. Are you still operating in baby straw faith? Have you moved on from milk to meat? Have you moved on to this, this old pipeline faith, this faith that's so great that when God says, hey, we're going to move that mountain, it's literally going to move? Because I can tell you sometimes I'll be like, God, I don't have enough explosives. Like, I don't have enough things to make this happen. And he's like, Tyler, stop searching for information. 
Just trust me and know that I've called you to this step of obedience and I'll see it through. So let's go on in Joshua 4 as we're continuing in, in this story. Verse 1 says it this way, When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe. Tell them to take up 12 stones from where? The middle. From the middle of the Jordan. Not from one side or the other, from the middle. You know, the place where you experience the miracle happening the most, where the priest stood, where they went ahead and went first, go toward the middle and pick up some stones. And when you do that, place them down where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together 12 men that he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go before the ark of the Lord and go into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it had crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. You see what ends up happening, uh, you know, I could tell you, my theory is, and this is a theory, so the uh, Lord don't email me on this one, but this is a theory, but when I look at these stones, it makes me think of stones we have in our life. I've shared this before, if you've got to hang out with me before, I've shared this, and, I, and I'll continue to share it until God tells me not to, but we, we have some stones that celebrate season in our life, right? We call it a graveyard. It's got a beginning and an end date, right? It marks a season. It marks a season. Because we're beings that are built for eternity. We just happen to be on earth right now fulfilling the promise of God that he's called us to live and created us to live. We have a relationship with him. So we have these memorial stones that we set up that mark the beginning and end of seasons. And so what God is telling Israel at this moment in time is, I want you to set up some stones to remind yourself, I've crossed this. I've gone through this season and I'm not going back to where I was. I may not be where I want to be. I may not have experienced God's promise fully, but I'm telling you, I'm not going back to where I was because he didn't create me to go back to where I was. He set up this stone to remind me of his faithfulness. And so that's where I think Joshua can be here because so many times when I look at my faith, and if I could define faith, absolutely, the Bible says that we live by faith, not by sight, right? If I could look at faith, the reason I look at Joshua so much is faith is being strong and courageous, we got to be strong in the Lord and be courageous to take the step because the hardest thing to do if I was that priest is to believe that when I got to the middle of the Jordan, even though it was dry ground, I had to wait for literally 2 million people to cross it. How heavy would that ark be? It was dry ground. Did I wear the right shoes for that? Like I would be, am I supposed to do this barefooted? Like I would be so stressed and so consumed in myself seeking information instead of operating in faith that I would wonder if people could come across on dry ground. And then you would see somebody straying along, a small child, there's always one, uh, straying along somewhere and you would wonder if they're going to make it through, right? Like, don't touch the water, don't just keep walking, don't touch the, like, you know, don't touch the wall of water, keep walking, you know, like, that's it, we're all kids, and I would be the kid that would stop, just to be honest with you. But wherever we are, like, I think faith is being strong and courageous, and so today, maybe how you can be strong and courageous is this. And this is something I've had to learn. And I'm not great at it, but I'm getting better at it. 
if you would stop believing the negative outcomes in your head were going to come to pass instead of God's promise being fulfilled, then maybe, just maybe, you would continue to be inside of his will and you would get to experience the joy and freedom that comes from that. What I'm trying to say is the outcome you've convinced yourself that will come to pass may not be God's promise. Would you seek him in it and trust him in it? Because he will show you that. Because every time I've trusted the negative outcome, every time the negative outcome has just destroyed my mind and consumed me with information, I've always found myself outside of what God's called me to and outside of his will and outside of the promise that he said he would give me. Because in other words, if that's the case, if I was the priest, I would have stopped halfway toward the middle or three quarters of the way over. I would have just believed the negative outcome like, this thing's going to flood any minute and I'm going to be the first one to dip. Like, I don't know about y'all. I'm going to be the first one to get out of here. Like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm going to get out of here. So maybe that's a step of faith you need to take today is change your thinking. Stop thinking those negative outcomes. I'm not perfect at it. I have them. Man, man, I have them all the time. Sometimes I'll wake up and I have to remind myself, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. Sometimes I do the little song and do a little jingle. That's just how I have to operate. And trust me, God is laughing because he speaks to me through humor. He is laughing. And I get to throw kisses at him in worship when I do that. So maybe today you need to get out of that negative outcome because this church wouldn't be here today if I was stuck in a negative outcome. If I was stuck in like, man, it's just going to fall apart. Because believe it or not, when God called me to this, you've heard this before. Maybe you're listening online, wherever it is that, that you are. And I'm not going to go into the full story. But I had just stepped out of being in a ministry position. And God said, hey, start a Bible study. So I started a Bible study. And I'm like, this is cool, man. Like, this is growing. This is awesome. We're making the neighbors mad because we're parking all over the place. This is great. This is exactly what I'm supposed to do. I'm taking that step of obedience. And then God was like, hey, man, you're going to start a church in downtown Spartanburg. <laughs> yeah, okay. Good one, God. You got knee slapper, great job. Appreciate you. Uh, I think you, you I'm, I'm tuned in to the wrong station there. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's change the channel. I'm on the wrong frequency. Uh, maybe there's another Tyler out there that you missed, but there's no way. So I told you that the Lord speaks to me through, through humor, and so I laughed. And now looking back, I was like Sarah when God said, you're going to have a child and she's 90 years old. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> there's no way that that's going to happen. And if I would have continued in the negative outcome, I would have been like, there's no way that's going to happen. It's going to fall apart when it does. There's no, we can't, here's what it would be. We can't find the space. We don't have the funding. Dear God, I don't have the cash reserves to do this. Like, I don't, <laughs> there's no, I don't have the money in the bank. I don't have the people to come along. I don't have all these things. And the information consuming and the negative would have been, we would have never started this thing. We would have never been here. But you see, what ends up happening is, the rumble strips reminded me where I was called to ministry at an early time in life, and I tried to bargain with God. And I started feeling physically I was sick. Physically, I was crying, frustrated, didn't know what was going on. I was mad. I was angry at God. I was like, why would you call me to this? Like, I've done been through all this crap. There's no way you want me to do this. Like, the physicalness was there, and audibly, God kept reminding me, Tyler, will you just trust me? Will you just trust me? And so... What I ended up doing, obviously, is I let the people I love, I let folks know, hey, this is what God's called me to. And I was like, surely one of them's going to tell me, you're stupid. This is not going to happen, right? 
uh, and they prayed about it and it didn't happen. So I tried to change the frequency again and think, well, God, maybe they're on the wrong frequency. So let's see if anybody else needs to do this. And all the time that rumble strip's just going on and God's reminding me, stop veering off this path. And something that he pointed me back to today to remind you of, and maybe this is where where you are when I'm talking about the vine being here and how we get to be here. Guys, we're about to celebrate two years in October and 100 Sundays. Like, this is crazy. It's crazy. I can't believe it's a privilege. It's an honor to be here. I can't believe God's doing what he's called us to do, but this is what Jesus reminded me of through that and what I want to remind you with today. He said, Tyler, if everyone listening right now had the same faith that you do, would they take a next step to following me? Or would they just shrink in fear and believe I'm not who I say I am? You see, your step of obedience affects more than just you. Your step of obedience impacts people around you. Your faith literally impacts eternity because you're willing to point others to Jesus through it. When you're walking through this crazy season, it's not about you. It's about God getting the glory. It's about people seeing God do what only he can do. And so my question is, maybe that's where you are. If, if those around you had the same faith you had, would they see that mountain move? Would they see that river roll back? Would they see dead people brought to life? Now, don't worry, we're not going to have, it's not Halloween. At Halloween, we'll have a dead person and we'll do all that. We're not doing that right now, right? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about eternally dead people walk in newness of life. So my question for you is, what is God calling you to have faith for? What has he called you to? Did he call you to write that blog? Hey, did he call you to write that encouraging note? Did he call you to talk to that coworker that everybody cannot stand? Did he talk to you to talk to them? To find out what's going on? Hey, that neighbor that you see struggling all the time, did he call you maybe to make a meal for them? Even if they let their dog poop on your lawn, whatever that looks like. <laughs> I'm laughing. See how I'm laughing? You know the Holy Spirit speaking to me through that. Uh, whatever that is, like, what is it God called you? Did God call you to make a joyful noise? And nobody knows about the gift of song that you have, but you kept it to yourself, not sing like dogs. Did God call you to write music? Did God call you to write Bible studies? Did, did God call you to start a Bible study so that others could grow in him? What is the thing that God's calling you to have faith for? Maybe it's a restored relationship, restored finances. I don't, I don't know what it is. I can't name it for you, but I'm willing to believe if you have a relationship with Jesus right now, there is something that's pressing on you. Write it down. Ask God to help you have faith for it. Because here's the thing that I'm believing he's telling you to do today. Is this time to maybe set up a stone to be reminded of his faithfulness. It's time to set up a stone so that you can look back over your life. Like when it comes to starting the vine and it looks to the seasons of being there, it looks to the seasons of where I am in my life. I can look back at the memorial stones of God's faithfulness and I can see that, hey, I'm not going back to where I was. He's only called me to go forward. And this stone has reminded me not to take steps that way, but to take steps this way. So today, maybe he's calling you to set up a memorial stone. He's calling you to have faith that he will move. He's calling you to say, hey, this is the moment where I finally take a step of obedience. I'm in full surrender to do everything you've called me to do. Like, it's crazy. It's, it, it sounds nuts to open a coffee shop where people hear about Jesus. But you know what? I'm going to do it. To open an ice cream truck parked outside of Tyler's house. No takers. We're good. Okay. So whatever it is he's called you to, for real, whatever it is he's called you to, 
have faith that he's going to do it. And when you look back and you talk to your children about it, you're going to get to point to God's faithfulness. If you have a child in your life, they are a memorial stone of his faithfulness. None of us are here by accident. If you've got a niece or a nephew or a godchild, they are a memorial stone. And when you get to point them to God's faithfulness, you can say, hey, you're on my stack of God's faithfulness. When I get to talk to others about how faithful God is, I can point to you. And so today, what is that step? And I'm not talking about Santa Claus. I'm not talking about, well, if I give this to God, will he give me that? I can't promise if you give $10 to God today, you're going to have a brand new BMW in your, in your garage when you get home. That's not up for me. That's Santa Claus talk. I, I don't do that. I'm talking life or death. Would you trust that that step of obedience that he's called you to is a life or death situation? Because the question we said we were going to answer at the beginning is, are you passing by or crossing over? You see, it said the whole nation of Israel passed by until they all crossed over. The difference in passing by and crossing over is this. You ever just been through life where somebody's just passing by? Nobody cares about me. I'm just kidding. I, I know, that's Eeyore talk, like seriously. They're just passing by life. See, the nation of Israel, even though Joshua told them to set themselves apart, have faith that God is working a miracle, that God is working something special, they passed by. What do you do when you pass by? You don't leave a stone for future generations and you don't leave a way for those behind you to cross over. But you see, the priest, the priest with Joshua crossed over. They were willing to get in the middle of the Jordan and were willing to make a way so that everyone could not just pass by, but so that they could experience people actually crossing over. Because I'm sure there were some folks in Israel that made a way for others behind them to go. But when you pass by in life, all you're doing is living that beginning and end date, and you're not leaving something for those behind you to know that God is faithful. Those priests were willing to stand in the middle and make a way for folks to cross over. And so if you're passing by in this life, I want to ask you, who are you pointing to? Are you pointing to you? Because if this life is pointing to you, you're just passing by. You're just passing by. Because eventually you'll pass on. But if you live a life that's pointing to Jesus, you're crossing over from one side to the other. And as those priests made a way for others to cross from one side to the other, we pointed out this is literally the story of Jesus. They crossed over from death to life. Because someone went first. And so if we have a relationship with Jesus, he calls us to go first, to stand in the middle, to make a way, to stand there so that others can cross over. And how do we stand there? By walking step by step of obedience. He may not be calling you to go out to the Tiger River here in a minute and drive your Jeep in the middle and say that it's going to open up. If he does, I've got faith he's going to let it happen and it's going to roll back. Dude, if that's what he's called you to, he'll see you through it. Whatever that step of obedience is, be willing to stand in the middle and, and make a way for others to cross over. Don't just pass by. Don't just pass by. I want to tell you one of the things that I love the most about us willing to make a way here at the Vine Church and here in my life instead of just passing by. You know, we're actually going to experience 
today and through this week, we'll experience in the world we live in, in this information world, we'll experience more people on that side of the screen than on this side of the screen. And that's, that, that, that to me is a little bit scary, but it's also an opportunity for us. You see, on that side of the screen, they're listening throughout the week. They're listening right now, and, and, and we're so thankful for you inviting us in if you're on the other side of the screen. But what I want to tell you is God has given us the tools to steward the streams, to steward, if you will, so that we can reach people, thousands of people on that side of the stream, and unapologetically point them to Jesus and be willing to wrap them in the warmth of Christian community like never before. We literally get to make a way for others not to just pass by, but to cross over and set up a stone, move from death to life. And I love that that's where we are. And I love that that's what we get to do. And so many times in our life, we can get wrapped up in numbers. We can get wrapped up in what we see. I wanna remind you, faith is not seeing. Faith is seeing what can't be seen. And what can't be seen is what's on the other side of that screen. What can't be seen is where Jesus is moving in the community around us. What can't be seen is where Jesus is lining up things in your life to be a part of the promise that he wants you to be a part of. So today, I want to ask you, will you trust him for faith? Are you just going to pass by? Because your whole life, you can grow up just like Israel did in the presence of God and just let this life pass you by. But if you will encounter him, you will be a part of a miracle. You will be a part of something that is so much bigger than you. And you will see your faith grow, and you will see him do what only he can do. So today, whatever you wrote down, whatever the Holy Spirit is pressing in on you, I I don't know what it is. It could be a million things. It could be a million things. Whatever that is, I just want you to have faith to be strong and courageous. And be willing to understand that God's called you to cross over, not just pass by. Because when you do, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people that pass by. There's going to be a few that cross over. And you're going to be a part of their memorial stone of God's faithfulness. And that's something that nothing on this earth can take away. Nothing. Not even a flood stage river. That's crazy that God is faithful that way. And so as we get ready here at the end to talk about that is I've talked about faith, I've talked about God moving. Maybe the reason you haven't seen God move in your life is, I know most of the stories of, of, of folks here on this side of the screen or on that side of the screen, but I wanna tell you, wherever you are, maybe you don't have faith uh, to move mountains, you don't have faith to be a part of something crazy awesome and something that's God-sized because you've never experienced God in the first place. You see, when I talked about God saying, Tyler, if everyone else had the same faith that you had, would they move forward in me? Well, it started by first me having faith that Jesus is who he says he is. And as I was getting ready to, to wrap this up and getting ready to talk about Joshua and these, the Israelites crossing over and the Israelites passing by and the priests setting up a way to cross over, God brought me to Romans 5. And it starts in verse 14 and it says this, Nevertheless, Death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who was a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by grace of one man, Jesus Christ, overflow? 
before we move on, the reason that that river was at flood stage is because we talked about it. Jesus descended down. He rolled back the, the sins all the way back to Adam. He paid the penalty of that sin by dying on the cross. That's where the Dead Sea comes in. But the thing that we have to realize is the reason that it was flood stage is because when we experience Jesus, it's always overflow. So it overflowed to many. It says, nor can the gift of God be compared to the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift, that is Jesus, followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. Just as through the disobedience of one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of one man, many will be made righteous. We live in a time where we, Jesus has already came, paid the penalty for our sin, lived the life we couldn't live, left a way for us to operate freely and live life to the full by raising again on the third day. We're on this side of Jesus coming down for us. And if we live our life pointing to him, we can show that many can be made righteous through him. And so today, if you're watching, maybe you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've never trusted that he is who he says he is. And I want to tell you, you can have faith. You can sing George Michael all day long and have faith that it's going to happen. But until you experience Jesus and he's called you to it, I hate to tell you, but it won't come to pass. As Romans 5 said, the only thing that will come to pass is death. Because all of us were born into sin. Through Adam, all of us were born into sin. And God loved us enough that he didn't want us to not be in relationship with him because that's what that sin did. It cut us off from God. And honestly, the penalty of that sin was death. He loved us enough that he sent his son down, the one and only gift he could send, to live a life we couldn't live, die the death we deserve on the cross, didn't stay dead. He wanted us to live life to the full. I'm pretty sure it would have been real easy on that cross to give up if it was Jesus in the middle and not raise from the dead. Pretty sure the faith in the middle it took on that cross when he was beaten, bloodied, and standing there taking his last breath. He could have just been like, I, I can't do anymore. But instead, his faith made a way for us. So if you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, we're gonna say this prayer. It's not the words of this prayer. It's faith. It's faith. It's faith. It's declaring that Jesus is who he says he is. It's not that, it's not the, the like I said, it's not the words, it's just faith. And if you wanna experience a real miracle in your life, you wanna experience a Jordan River rolling up, you wanna experience all being all that God created you to be, all you gotta do is trust Jesus and take him at his word. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, we do this as a family together here at The Vine because no one prays this alone. We need to be reminded of this memorial stone in our life if we've ever given our life to Jesus. But if you haven't, this is your opportunity. So everyone repeat after me, dear Jesus, I believe I'm a sinner separated from you. I believe you lived the life I couldn't live. Now the death I deserve on the cross, 
but loved me enough not to stay dead, but rose again so that I may have life. Come take over my life. Teach me to follow you step by step the rest of my life the best way I know how. With every head bow and every eye closed, if you can say for the first time that you have given your life to Jesus, you have trusted by faith that he is who he says he is, I'm gonna ask you to respond on the count of three by raising your hand. One, two, three. If that's you in this house, if that's you online, you're gonna see a hand that's raised. If you're watching on Facebook or you're watching by pot, listening by podcast, reach out to us at prayer at divine.tv or you can give us a call, shoot us a text message at 864 864- 580-6698. We would love to celebrate with you because if you've been blessed by anything at the vine, the one thing that we want you to know is that through Jesus, there is life and there is no other way but through him. And so we want to celebrate that and celebrate that decision with you. And for everyone else, I'm about to pray and we're about to continue into worship, but I'm going to be praying for whatever step God called you to you hear it, maybe, maybe you didn't hear it during the message. I'm gonna pray that you hear it during this song. I'm gonna pray that whatever step God's called you to, that he renews your strength, restores your faith, and reminds you that he will be with you through it. So dear Jesus, thank you for this time. Thank you that we get to worship you. Thank you that you allow us to be experience your promise, to experience the promise of eternal life. We can't do it on our own. There was no way that we could ever earn it. There was no way that we could ever We could ever do anything to get to you, but you, you and your lavish grace and mercy allowed us to. So Jesus, it would be crazy to think that you just called us to the step of faith to only believe in you and not be able to grow in you. God, through that faith, we get to experience you more. We get to know your character more. We get to know you more. God, we get to experience your love even more by following you step by step. So I pray in this moment, I pray throughout this message, whatever it is, you've called us to do, the step of obedience that you've called us to take, that we wouldn't be fearful, that we wouldn't just be passing by it, but instead we would be willing to get in the middle and cross over from where we used to be to who you made us to be, and that we would have faith to do it. We love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen.
So we're going to end a little bit differently today. So I'm going to ask everybody to come forward. This is a little different, especially if you're watching online, solemnly coming forward. I'm going to ask everyone who's in the back to come out from the back. I know they don't want to. There they come. The men and women behind the curtains, the wizards. And here's what I want to do. I'm going to ask you to face that way. And I want every one of you, you can be on the carpet as we lock it up. Uh, and I'm going to tell you about these people that you see standing here. If you've been blessed by anything at the Vine, there are people that aren't here today uh, that are on vacation and are, are serving elsewhere, which is awesome. But if you have never, if you've ever been blessed by anything at the Vine, it's because these folks right here are willing to be the priests that unapologetically go into the middle, stand in the chaos and the noise and aren't afraid to point others to Jesus. No matter what circumstances tell them not to, no matter what happens, they are willing to do everything possible to point others to Jesus, but also walk with them step by step in whatever season they're in. And so I'm thankful for each and every one of these faces that are up here, the faces that give and are part of the vine that aren't here this week, but I want you to know I'm thankful for them because they are willing to get in the middle of the mess so that others can cross over and not just pass by. So today, I wanted you to see them. I wanted you to see that there's more than just my face. There's more than just our worship team. There's more than just one person doing all this. There are many steps of faith and many steps of obedience that have happened. And maybe you're struggling to find that. Today, there are people who are willing to walk with you through it, whether it's on a Sunday, a Wednesday, a Thursday, wherever it is. These people here are willing to get in the middle with you. So I'm thankful for them. So as I pray, I wanted you to see them today and see how awesome and amazing and how blessed we are, but also how you can be a part of what Jesus is doing. So as we lock it up and pray, I'm going to be praying for the step of faith God called you to today. And I'm going to be praying over every person here and the step of faith that they're taking. So let's lock it up and pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for this time. Thank you that we get to be here. Thank you that we get to do this. This isn't about one person, it isn't about two people, it isn't about a logo, it isn't about uh, trying to set up a stone that has the vine on it, Jesus. It's all about setting up you and, and lifting up your name and pointing others to you. So I'm thankful for these people here. I'm thankful for the sowers that are here. I'm thankful that they are willing to be priests. I'm thankful for the people that aren't here who so willingly give each and every week, who aren't afraid to go into the middle and make a way for others to cross over, that understand that it's not about us, that it's, it's about you, Jesus. So the thing is, Jesus, I know that you've called us to steps that aren't about us today. I know that you've called us to take steps of obedience. So I would pray and believe whatever you've called us to today, that we would be willing to do it because we know that those steps help others find you in a new way. Thank you, Jesus, that we get to live this life. Thank you that you allow us to do this. Thank you that you have given us the gift of eternal life. And thank you that you allow us to experience your promise even more every single day. It's in your love and precious name we pray. Amen. Wherever you are, we can't wait to see you next week, whether it's digitally on that side of the screen or here in the house. When you come to the Vine, you're going to see these smiling faces and more. And we're going to continue next week as we talk about Over the Edge. Hope you have an awesome week. And always remember, the best is still yet to come.